Hello, and welcome back to the Halloween edition of the Texas Private School Podcast. I am your host, the Plague Doctor, Grim Reaper. I am joined by the scariest thing on the planet, a TAPS official, and also I'm the cheerleader. So, as as you remember, we made a bet, me and Ryan Schroeder, that if Grace Community beat Legacy Christian, I got to cho- choose what Ryan's costume was. Ryan was supposed to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. We ran into some issues there, but now Ryan, he, he found a costume that was suitable to my stipulations, and he is now a cheerleader. Ryan, really quickly, um, my alma mater drums your alma mater, and your alma mater indirectly makes you a cheerleader. Your thoughts? All right. You know what I got to say? I'm so sorry. You know what? Abolish the program. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm sick of this, man. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of how this happens. You have sent me in to wearing a freaking cheerleading costume. Okay. I've done so much for this Christian school and they just repay me with a loss to grace. You lost to grace. I don't appreciate you saying grace. I'm literally grace in a cheerleading like costume. On a Monday night in Stillwater, Oklahoma, I have so many better things to do right now, and I'm sitting in this because my team can't win a game. Well, in regards to that, um, I actually saw a tweet from the guy that runs that No Context TXPS account. Matthew Liskey, our East Texas correspondent, actually tagged him and said, under the space, by the way, join the spaces every Friday night, and said, uh, I know No Context would like to weigh in on the outcome between Legacy uh, Christian and uh, and Grace Community. And the No Context guy said, in uh, regards to Legacy Christian, the program is on fire. We lit the match. So I, I would go and I would check out um, – we'll throw that on the screen here. But I, I would uh, – I'd have to agree with uh, no context's assessment. Um, I think uh, legacy, the program is on fire, and Grace Community did in fact like the match. I was really well worded by that guy. I'd like to take him to lunch sometimes. Anyway, Walker Law, we haven't gotten to you yet. Your thoughts on uh, the past week in private school football? We'll just go ahead and do the pick record. Your thoughts on your picks? You went eleven and six. I went fourteen and three. Ryan went thirteen and four. Ryan, I mean, you're you're very upset over that individual game. However, I mean, you had a pretty good pick week. But Walker, you went eleven and six, brother. The the wheels are falling off the bus that go round and round what's going on i'm just not defined by a pick record i'm defined by who i am and uh that's how i'm going to switch the mentality i've decided i'm not like i'm not who i am because of sports i am you know a and m's not doing that okay we're done with this ryan schroeder your (laughs) thoughts on your pick record yeah that was horrible all right uh (laughs) all i have to say is 13 and 4 Sounds amazing to me right now because I should have lost so many more games last week than I picked. And I really was the only game I'm really upset about was Temple Christian, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, because I knew I was going to pick them. But yeah, I'm, I'm now two games behind Wes and he made me wear this. I, one of those games is the legacy, legacy game, by the way. Legacy made you yeah, wear that. Yeah, yeah. I Okay. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm getting screwed. <laughs> By the way, folks, I'm just letting you know now, this episode is most likely going to go completely off the rails. I can barely see anything out of this mass, so I'm probably going to butcher about 18 names, probably get 14 picks wrong. We'll see. It's uh, it's Halloween. We're getting we're getting freaky. Anyways, oh, by the way, my context, uh, my context for this outfit is this is the last thing that your team sees before I pick you and you lose your game. So I thought that was I thought that was funny because, you know, we jinx everyone's picks, even though I'm 90, I'm 106 and 46 on uh, on the year. 
Anyways, moving on. I told you folks we're going off the rails. Moving into this is going to be so funny whenever we make this clip and we're announcing players of the week and I'm just literally in the plague doctor <laughs> outfit and the people that didn't watch the people that didn't watch the beginning of the episode are just violently confused. But moving on to the Texas Private School Podcast Players of the Week and the Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week. Senior Prestonwood running back A.J. Sibley, who had 25 carries for, just listen to this, 294 rushing yards and five touchdowns. Oh, and that was all in the first half. Um, Sibley did this in a 57-17 to win against Bishop Lynch. Uh, Walker Lott, almost 300 rushing yards and five touchdowns in the first half. So theoretically, if we double this, he could have had 600 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns in the game. Your thoughts on Sibley's ridiculous performance? Yeah, it was insane. You know, he he was the real deal this year. Um, And he's a great asset for the team. Uh, A guy, uh, I guess he's the pastor at Prestonwood. He said on Twitter, he he said, we've had some good running backs at PCA over the last 20 years, but I've never seen anything like this young man. Outstanding athlete with character, team player, all that. Um, I mean, I think that speaks for itself. He is a real deal type of running back. I think Prestonwood got a big, big... uh, steal in him because i believe he came over from plano john paul this past year or this year it was a fantastic performance 294 and five touchdowns and a half is ridiculous um and bishop lynch has some pretty good athletes on the defensive side of the ball but man uh aj sibley's a real deal a uh, real deal like i keep saying uh just go watch that film man that from that just one week it's unreal he had a fantastic performance just doing whatever he wanted going having to sprint past people having to make a move here and there he just found where he needed to go and got always into the end zone. So congratulations. Ryan Schroeder, AJ Sibley, 300 rushing yards, five touchdowns, one single half. Your thoughts on the dominant effort from the senior. I mean, what a great performance, man. You're going to get 300 yards and stuff like that and do five touchdowns. I mean, he was putting his team on the back in just the first half. I was the one that brought up Sibley a couple weeks ago, if y'all don't remember that. I brought up Sibley and how he's been going off for them. He's been having a great year this year. He's going to be a, a probably a contender for uh, uh, what's called Offensive Player of the Year in D1 for for sure. Like, I, I'm, I'm talking this guy has been putting up a show. Uh, but I do want to bring this up just because I know Prestonwood has been having a really good year this year. I wanted to see if the bracket works out. I mean, guys, we are in week 10 now, so we're getting later into the year. So, yes, you can actually play. So there is a potential for Parrish to play Prestonwood in the actual state championship um, because you can be on different sides of the bracket in, in D1. So, honestly, you know, with how this Parrish team is playing, we're about to talk about a Parrish player on the defensive side, but... Man, AJ Sibley is going to be a threat for Parrish when it comes to, you know, playoffs and stuff like that as well. I, I don't know what the game was when they played each other, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd be I'd be scared to play AJ Sibley, in my opinion. He's he's a tough man. I would as well. Um, I We mentioned before the season that I thought Preston Wood was going to pose the biggest threat to perish um in division one i've now we've now seen that that threat is houston st thomas but that's not to say that prestonwood doesn't have a chance to upset parish i think they're a fantastic team parish is obviously still the top dog but prestonwood is right there with them i think but congratulations to prestonwood running back aj sibley on a fantastic effort and for being the texas private school podcast offensive player of the week Speaking of Parish Episcopal, the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week, Parish linebacker Trey Williams. 
the Stanford commit had 15 tackles, three tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, just a pass breakup because why not, and a 42 to seven win against Nolan Catholic. Walker Lott, Trey Williams, we've known about the kid for a while. Very talented. Stanford obviously thinks so as well. Your thoughts on this crazy effort against rival Nolan Catholic? Yeah, um, I mean, he's the real deal. We've talked – I keep saying that. You know, wait, Grim Reaper, can you cut that? You know, just kill that out of my vocabulary, please. Thank you. It's gone. Th- thank you. <laughs> so this guy is just a man amongst boys, man. He is – I don't know what to say there. It's already cut out of my vocabulary. The real deal. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 15 tackles, three tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. He just does what he wants out there. And they play him on that edge roll, that outside linebacker, just stand up. And he just goes to work and does what he does, does what he can to just give the win always to Nolt for uh for Parish Episcopal. I'm not doing good today, boys. Not I doing good. Distracted by the very ominous figure of the um, child of the Grim Reaper and the Plague Doctor, but that's—I I think anyone would be intimidated by this. But he—he—he's he, a guy I'm very high on. He's a fantastic person, um, high IQ type of guy, and there's a reason Stanford wanted him because one academic side. So he has that high IQ, but you see it probably in the classroom and definitely on the football field. He knows where he needs to be. He's a leader for that team. He's passionate and he plays the game the right way. And I'm just I'm just so excited for him to go to Stanford. He's gonna kill it out there, and uh, yeah, man, what a player for Parish. You know they're lucky to have him over there. So fantastic week. Shout out to him. Absolutely, Ryan Schroeder. Your thoughts on Troy Williams' fantastic effort in the win against Nolan? Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I just want to bring up exactly what you're saying, uh, Walker. I, I I think I agree 100 percent that IQ is really driving Trey Williams. And this has been, I think the argument I've been having with people around campus here as well is IQ is what pushes you over the level of being a a really good high school player. And then being a really solid college player, you will not be a really solid college player. If you don't have the IQ, like you do in high school, Uh, like, you know, for guys in high school, you have to have that IQ. And there's a reason why Trey Williams is so scary because he plays that linebacker position. Like he's playing quarterback on the defensive side. I mean, you know, he's all around everywhere. He'll, he'll go and force a fumble. And then on the other side, he'll go get a pass breakup, but then he'll go get a, you know, a, a sack or a tackle for loss. Like Trey Williams is that guy. So, you know, I'd be scared of playing against him and yes, yeah, Stanford knows exactly what they want in him. But obviously, Troy Williams is very deserving of the award. Congratulations for being the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week. But with the conclusion of that, we are now going to move into, as always, the TXPS Media Football Scoreboard. Thank you, Ryan Schroeder, for putting this together every week. And I need to put this site down because I cannot multitask with it. Especially a busy weekend, so shout out to you, Ryan. Definitely yeah, so. I got home from Waka Flocka and just railed it together. You saw Waka Flocka? Yeah, Walker Flocka came for our homecoming. Oh, that is fantastic! He I he comes it. into the space west and he goes, "I just saw Waka Flocka." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Dude, I, I thought you were saying Waka Flocka came into the space. I was like, "Why did I not know about this earlier?" <laughs> but looking at the space, obviously the one, two, three, four, five games on the left-hand column will be talked about more in details there with our games of the week. But Parish Episcopal drums, Nolan Catholic, we talked about that. Antonian Prep destroys St. Pius. That's a good win for a solid Antonian squad. Central Catholic gets a eight-point win against Concordia. Argyle Liberty beats Southwest Christian 18-6. to Midland Christian destroys Fort Worth Christian in a game that is incredible. 
incredibly beneficial for the Mustangs. We all picked them. I think we all picked against them in that spot. And I mean, Midland is proving yet again that they are not a forgotten team in Division Two, and they are actually right there with Liberty for one of the best teams, Liberty and Regents. St. Joseph's beats Hyde. St. Joseph beats Hyde Park pretty handily. St. Michael's gets a win over San Antonio Christian. Hey guys, before we go into the rest of the episode, we're going to start a new segment called the SPC Roundup with Jack Klosek. He is our SPC correspondent for this year. Um, he is a Kincaid alum and he goes to Columbia. He's a great dude and knows a lot about the SPC uh, landscape. So Jack, take it away, man. Hi guys. My name is Jack Klosek and I'm the SPC correspondent for the Texas Private School Podcast. Last week featured a full slate of SPC action with three wildly entertaining and critical games that helped shape the upcoming playoffs that will take place on Saturday, November 5th at the Sheldon ISD Stadium, just north of Houston, Texas. Firstly, we will recap the scores from last week. Episcopal beat Kincaid 21-15. St. John's defeated the Episcopal School of Dallas 35-21. St. Mark's drubbed Green Hill 42-0. Cistercian defeated Houston Christian 45-28. Fort Worth Country Day beat Oak Ridge 37-20, and John Cooper beat Trinity Valley 50-34. Now we will highlight our three games of the week from last week. We begin in the 4A ranks, where the Episcopal Knights defeated their crosstown rivals, the Kincaid Falcons, 21-15 in a tightly contested game. The Knights jumped out to a 21-0 lead at halftime thanks to their high-powered offense led by Carson Gordon, Lane Lionbarger, Carson Fowler, and Andre Thompson. The defense was led by the strong play of senior Hutch Coward, who played both ways in the trenches. Episcopal held strong and halted a late comeback that was mounted by Kincaid in the fourth quarter. For the Falcons, Notre Dame commit Micah Bell provided the offense, scoring two touchdowns on the ground and cashing in on a two-point conversion out of their patented Wildcat offense. Traveling up I-45, the St. John's Mark Mavericks avenged last year's beatdown at the hands of the ESD Eagles, winning 35-21 due in large part to strong play from Pierce Leverett, Michael Murphy, Stephen Gill, and Cole Allen, amongst others. With this loss, the once undefeated ESD Eagles have been eliminated from playoff contention. Moving to the 3A ranks, the John Cooper Dragons won a high-scoring affair over the Trinity Valley Trojans 50-34. With the help of senior QB Vaughn McKeever and offensive weapons Keeler Sullivan and Dean Calhoun, the Dragons broke away in the second half and ended their regular season with a bang. Gavin Parkhurst led the way for the Trojans, continuing an excellent year, and he will hope to lead the Trojans to victory in the following week as they will rematch with the Dragons for the SBC Championship. Um, one thing that we need, we do need to talk about longer is St. John's with a 35-21 win over ESD. Walker, uh, that just even more puts even more fuel to the fire that is SBC 4A. Your thoughts on what this means for the division? You know, we kind of counted that out when we were talking about, oh, this, this has got to happen, right? Like type of vibe. We kind of just already assumed ESD was going to beat St. John's and they just caused some even more chaos to knock out the team that beat Episcopal out of even contention of going to the SBC championship. A team that went there last year was looking like the favorite every single week. And then the teams in Kincaid and St. John's came up to Dallas or they uh, whatever ESD came down to Houston and they just handled them uh, pretty easily, man. ESD just what a way to end their season. That's definitely not what they're looking forward to. I believe they have one last week um, this week and then it's done for them. And you know uh, what a legacy Patrick Burke has let left at that school was going to the state championship last year and then having a great season this year, just not 
not finishing like they wanted to, man. It's just it definitely hurts up there for the Eagles for sure. Um, but you got to give credit to Cole Allen and Stephen Gill over there, man. They're really good players, and when they're hot, I mean, there's a lot, not a lot of teams that can stop those dudes. Definitely so. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on St. John's getting a big upset win over ESD? I mean, yeah, ESD is not going to like going down to Houston anymore, man. I mean, that's twice where they went down to Houston, and uh, it's just it's a scary trip now for them. I, I. I don't know what to say because I was very high on ESD and obviously I went to go see them play Sabine and I thought they were a solid team and that was Sabine, but not saying that ESD wasn't a solid team. They, these guys look, you know, in my opinion, looked pretty big. Um, Patrick Burke looked like a stud. They had some defensive guys that played key roles. A couple of pick sixes in the Sabine game had me, you know, thinking that they were going to be, you know, by far one of the favorites. They went undefeated last year in the regular season, 10 or no, then played Kincaid put up a solid performance against Kincaid. Now they did have Chase Kennedy last year, but you know, I still thought that the CSD team was, you know, a really solid team this year after they beat EHS. I kind of chalked them up as the favorite for the SBC. And yeah. Yeah. You so know, not, so, just... not, not so fast as, uh, uh, what's his name? So, Oh gosh. Lee Corso. Lee Corso. I feel not like, so I, fast, I, my friend. I feel like you're Lee Corso with that bird you have on your face. Well, I mean, they're about the same age, but anyways, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's why the game isn't played on paper. You know, that's, that's why upsets exist. Teams are not the same week in and week out team. People forget that, that football teams are a dynamic thing and can change from week to week and get better and worse. So again, that's why the games play. That's why it's not just run through a simulation. But um, the last thing I'll hit on is Bishop Gorman beats Waco Riker 30 to 29. So shout out to one of my East Texas teams. It's a good win for them. I think it's the first time I've ever given Bishop Gorman credit for anything. Uh, that's the old habits die hard, but seriously, shout out to Bishop Gorman. But that is, those are all the games that we're going to mention. We spent a lot of time talking about ESD there. So we're going to move on. Shout out to St. John's for the big win. But moving into the games that we're going to recap from last week, our five games of the week from last week. The first one, Grace Community gets a win over Legacy Christian. I even forgot the scores. Let me go back and check. 55 to 10. Uh, Ryan Schroeder, we don't have stats on this game, so this can just be like a little three-minute segment of uh, of us hashing this out, what it means for our friendship on the podcast. If I can remember, you picked Legacy Christian, but you did say it would be the closest win that's ever happened in private school football. Um I mean, thoughts? Dude, I don't know what to say. I, I think this team, this legacy team is diving into a deep hole, and we haven't won since what? I think we've I think we're on a six six game losing streak, if I'm not mistaken. We started out the season two and oh. We beat the school of the blind, and then we beat uh Oak Ridge. And I thought that that was, you know, in the right direction, but my goodness gracious, we've had so many injuries. We've had so many things go wrong. I I don't know, man. I really thought we, we were going to be on the up and up this season. I was so excited after the 2-0. But now Grace is 7-1? I don't know, man. I don't know. This is a whole different world. I want to I want to just put us back in the, in the other district so I don't have to play with Grace anymore. I don't want to play with Grace anymore. I don't need this rivalry. I'd rather, I would rather play Southwest instead. We'd probably get slapped by more, but at least it would feel better to Lucy to Walker than it would you. I mean, I, I don't. I feel like I'm pretty gracious in victory. I don't. I don't know why that. Ah, was, was gracious in victory. I get it. Yeah. 
Walker Law, while I'm looking something up really quickly, your thoughts on uh, on Grace beating Legacy Christian by, what is 55 minus 10? 45 points? Yeah, 45, 45 points. points. Yeah. 45 I mean, points. your thoughts uh, on the 45-point win? Uh, Coach Trotter over there has a long way to rebuild that program. I mean, that's that's how you really have to say it. They're, they had a, they would always have a couple guys that would go like Division One football every year, but I mean, I don't. Besides Trace Harris, who, I mean, doesn't look like he is playing football or hurt something like that. I don't know. I remember you telling me that Ryan. I don't know who else they really have on that roster. I know they have Cade Trotter, but um, they they have a long way to go. They have a couple of defensive guys that have been really, really good this year. I, I want to shout out. Um, oh, they do. They have a, what is that? They linebacker? have Norris. They have Norris, who's been really, really good. Um, And they, what's it called? They have some other guys on that defensive side that's been pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, you just got to, you got to put more points up on the offensive board, you know, and you got to, you got to, you got to basically uh, give your defense a break and stuff like that. And so it's been kind of hard for Legacy to, been, to give their defense a break when they can't put it in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, no context is pretty prophetic or uh, philosophic, I should say, actually, with the all caps, the program is on fire, period, we lit the match. I mean, I, I don't think you can you can put it that much better than that. I think I think Grace Community might have might have lit the match that sets legacy in flames, Ryan. Yeah, take him on a date already, man. Yeah, yeah man, like... I just think I just like his tweets. Oh, yeah, by the way. All right. All right. Uh, I'm, uh, this guy needs to stop talking, man. I, 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 I... <laughs> He says out too much random stuff. I do like the jerseys for Frisco. Is that, yeah, is that, yeah, is that yep, yep, that's to? that's all right. Let's just get the next game. I I can't do this. For what it's worth, in 2018 via simulation, Grace Community would beat Legacy Christian 42 to 28 on a neutral field. Anyways, um, sorry, I just like the year 2018. It's just something random I picked in my mind. Moving on into the next game that we are going to cover. Or recap, actually, Grace Prep at TCS Lubbock. Ryan, I'll, I'll give you a chance to to have a rebuttal to the previous question. To to forty two eighteen. Yes. In twenty eighteen, the year that we the year we went nine and three. Yes. No. 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 Y'all went you, nine and three in eighteen. Holy yes. hell! I, I don't. I don't believe that. Your junior year, y'all went nine and three. Uh huh. We did go nine and three. We, we lost to them that we, year. We we lost to JP two and and Deuce Hogan. That's the only two teams we lost to. Hmm. And we lost first round to, I think Brook Hill. That is. <laughs> oh yeah, we lost to Brook Hill as well by like three. Brook Brook Hill was good that year though. No, they weren't. They had that dude on steroids <laughs> and Khalil Griffin, or Kayla shout Griffin. Out, shout out Lamar. This that episode is so bad. Classic. We're recording this at seven o'clock. We're not even that late right now. That's fine. We'll record half of it, and you'll we'll record the next half tomorrow. I have to put anyway. this on again. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. No, we're all have to get dressed. You went. Five, by the way, in twenty eighteen, you went five and five. Oh no, we weren't yeah. like we weren't great. Our offense was electric, and our defense was trash. No, I was talking about Frisco. No, oh. what? Not we go five and five or twenty nineteen. Oh, was that my Your senior year? year? Uh, your, oh yeah, it's your senior year. You went nine and three. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry, the senior year. I can't no. get them straight. Twenty eighteen would have been my junior junior year. Yes. Guys, Anyways, this is irrelevant. Let's continue. <laughs> Whatever. Let's keep going. Moving. Hang. On. I gotta take this thing off to read this because I actually enjoyed being at this game. Oh. Let it be known, Grace. He just said he would rather enjoy TSCS Lubbock over his own win against Legacy Christian Academy. I actually did not say that, but I appreciate I appreciate you coming up with the sentiment. Grace Prep at TCS Lubbock, a game that I, my cousin was gracious enough to fly me out to, and I was so incredibly excited to watch this. I've never been able to watch a high school game in West Texas, let alone a 
uh, program like Trinity Christian that I've wanted to cover. It's also my first time covering Grace Prep football. So it was just all around a very exciting day. I got there. The program is very hospitable. But in terms of the game, TCS Lubbock wins 42 to 33 and is a bona fide title contender in Division Three. I was saying before this, I need to see how good TCS Lubbock is before I can say they're a title contender with DC. They're a title contender. Uh, Marcus Ramon Edwards, Eli Reeves, um, just all of them are incredibly good players. Marcus Ramon Edwards had 21 carries, 188 rushing yards, and three touchdowns. All of those clips are on our Twitter if you want to see them. He looks even better than last year. He's put on like 20 pounds. I think he's 6'3", 215 now. I mean, he looks like a Division One prospect. A guy that impressed me a lot, was quarterback Eli Reeves, a guy that I think that they have transferred or kind of transitioned from a running back position to a junior quarterback. The kid is as gutsy as they come. Yet he, he had 18 carries, 133 rushing yards, and three touchdowns as well. I mean, I don't know how more people haven't spoken about Eli Reeves yet. I think he's just he's hidden away there in West Texas. He's an incredibly talented player. He's just He's kind of got that it factor. He's got that moxie that you really just have or you don't. He really, really impressed me. But, I mean, between Eli Reeves and Marcus Ramon Edwards, that that offense is incredibly good. And also something that I mentioned on Twitter, their willingness and ferocity when they block is something that sets that team head and shoulders above everyone else in their district. I mean, they get after it. I'll, I'll find a tweet here later, but I went back watching clips and saw one of Marcus's runs and three guys have just incredibly just challenging blocks that they meet and they just absolutely flatten their opponents. But in terms of other guys on that TCS Lubbock team, Hunter Maston, Eli Davis, Cade Hayes, Zach Anthony, all incredibly good players. But talking about Grace Prep, because they only lost 42 to 33 against the second best team in D3, in my opinion. Um, their passing attack is the most complete and might be the best, um, barring DC in Division Three. You know, Jalen Talton had 20, went 24 for 33, 333 yards, three touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns. Caden Leahy had six receptions, 147 yards and a touchdown. Mathis had 10 receptions, 95 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Lehugh also on the defensive end had one of the hardest hits I've seen live this year. That kid is a freak. But at the end of the day, I've talked way too much already. Both teams are great. Trinity Christian is just better in the spot. Walker Lott, since I just spoke a ton on that, quickly <laughs> your thoughts on TCS Loving and Grace Prep. Yeah, there's not much to say. You know, we I said uh, on the space, if you need to go watch it, that TCS Lubbock versus DC probably semifinal matchup is going to be one to watch. And I don't care where I am in the state of Texas. I'll be watching it or I will be at that game. That's my plan for that. Whatever Friday night. Absolutely. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on this game. Yeah, not a lot to say. Shout out Marcus Ramon Edwards. Shout out Eli Reeves. Shout out Jalen Talton. Um, Mr. Kinley, who and Michaela Mathis is everybody in the, the that we just mentioned, but I just want to say that everybody had a good game. Everybody had a great game. Uh, I, I, I think the splitting the rushing yards between Marcus Ramon and Eli, uh, it's just it worked out perfectly for TCS Lubbock. You didn't know who was going to come score. They both had three touchdowns apiece. Um, that's super impressive, but also Jalen Talton putting up 300 passing yards and three touchdowns with two rushing touchdowns in the loss. So five touchdowns total in a loss is also super impressive. Um, you know, the, the the idea would be that there probably wasn't a lot of defense played, but I like to think that these offenses are just too dang good. 
Yeah, both those defenses are good as well. It's just offense was better in this case. And also, shout out TCS Lovick for the hat. I think this is my second hat to add to the collection. I think I think that makes me the hat leader of, of the group so far. I know, Ryan, hmm. you have the Lovick Christian hat. I do Walker, I think, Walker, you've gotten one from somewhere. Yeah, I got uh, St. Michael's. It's the gray one on the wall right uh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that being said, please, any program that wants to, we we will take your hat. Send any of us. Hats. No, give it to me. Give it to me because I want to be the hat leader now. <gasps> no, no, I want to be the hat leader. I, I want to like be the hat leader. Just, I like how I just made this a race. But, okay, T- TCS hat has to go back over there because I'm too scared of messing it up. Anyways, next game we're going to recap. Episcopal at Kincaid. Um, Episcopal wins this game 21 to 15. They scored all three of their touchdowns in the first half. Kincaid scored both of theirs in the second half, one after an onside kick. As for Episcopal, junior quarterback Carson Gordon, one of the stars of that team, had a rushing touchdown, two passing touchdowns. Senior wide receiver Lane Leinbarger, who I'm very high on, had a 30-yard touchdown. And senior safety Braden Crow had one interception, a forced fumble, a tackle for loss, and a sack. So a lot of talent on the EHS side of things as we've known and it allowed them to get the win here as for Kincaid I think you know the two players we're going to talk about senior athlete Micah Bell 34 carries 149 yards two touchdowns with a long of 45 junior athlete Miles Roeder 10 carries 70 yards 20 passing yards so Walker um, Episcopal gets a closer than expected but also much needed win against a very gritty Kincaid team your thoughts on the matchup yeah, that's how I would describe this team is gritty. I mean, they are like, you know, they Episcopal went up 21 points in that first half. And, and it, I believe at the half it was around 21 nothing. So most teams, after being down three scores, would, you know, kind of just go in the second half, kind of just play and not really want to play to win. But Ken K came out there and let it, never let that Episcopal offense score again, <laughs> plus scoring 15 in the second half. And I believe they were – it was 15, uh, 21 with five minutes left. So I couldn't get much of the else about the game, but uh, a close game for Kincaid. And that makes me really worried about, all right, Kincaid versus St. John's. I mean, Kincaid looks like the favorite in that one now because of how much they stopped that Episcopal offense. And let's just say that St. John's defense did not do that in their game. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see, right? Because the whole thing is Episcopal – you can't really beat a team twice. That's how the saying goes. And, th- and if this is the matchup for the SBC championship, they're going to have to do that. Definitely so. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on EHS getting a big win over Kincaid in this spot? Let it be known, Kincaid's entire offense, I feel like, is is running off of this Michael Bell, sir. I mean, I mean, if it hasn't been obvious yet, 34 carries? That's nuts. He's taking almost every snap at this point. Um, and yeah, two touchdowns. You know he's the man for them. Obviously, it wasn't enough to to get by EHS, but this was the game, man. This is the game that everybody was looking at. After Kincaid beats ESD, you're wondering if they really are better than EHS, and EHS proves that they are the top seed. Um, I think this might be the rematch in state, in all honesty. I don't know the numbers for Kincaid when it comes to how many losses they have or if they're still fighting between St. John's or however it's working out, but... I would love to see this matchup again. A six-point matchup, a six-point spread is exactly what I want to see in a state championship. So we'll have to look forward to this. I think the only more workhorse effort I've ever seen from a running back is Uchina Uduma in 2016 against Malakoff High School. Educate yourself if you're not familiar. Moving on to the third game we're going to recap. 
Trinity Valley at John Cooper at a game that I predicted would be 40, 42 to 28. John Cooper actually wins 50 to 34. You know, I think that's close enough for me to claim victory on that. But the game was tied at 21 at the half, and John Cooper pulled away in the second half. As for Trinity Valley, Sophomore quarterback Gavin Parkhurst went 19 for 29 with four touchdowns and interception. Also had nine carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. I cannot read anything with this mask on. Sophomore athlete Jacob Mainlord had 14 carries, 56 yards, four catches for 39 yards and a touchdown, and also 11 tackles, five of them being solo. Junior athlete Carter Lee had four receptions, 170, 107 yards, a touchdown with a long of 81. Also a pass breakup for good measure. As for the John Cooper School, senior quarterback Vaughn McKeever had 96 yards passing, two touchdowns, 109 rushing yards, and also two-point conversion. Sophomore athlete Dean Calhoun had 12 rushes, 103 yards, and three touchdowns, belong to 61. Senior wide receiver Kyler Sullivan, I told him I wouldn't butcher his name again, Kyler Sullivan had at least two catches, 45 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. And also senior linebacker slash running back Carson Berger had 17 total tackles, eight of them solo, and four quarterback hurries. Okay, a lot of stats there, guys. We ball assumed that John Cooper would get the victory. Walker, you didn't pick Trinity Valley, did you? Nope. Okay, so we all we all did assume correctly that John Cooper. I don't know, man. You're just you're making some wild picks now that you're behind in the pick race. He's so trying to, to come back. Sure. He's doing whatever he can to come back. No, that's fair. I respect the strategy. You have to exploit the market a little bit. But anyways, Walker, John Cooper, big win over Trinity Valley, we think is their only competition in SBC 3A. Your thoughts? Um you know, I said it, you know, your prediction was close, but my prediction was correct. And I said Dean Calhoun would have a fantastic game, cement himself as one of the best in 25. And guess what happened? 12 rushes, 103 yards, and three touchdowns. That's exactly what he did. He submitted himself. You know, Vaughn didn't have a fantastic game, but he did what he needed to do. Um, Dean Calhoun did what he needed to do to win. Um, he's a real deal over there. Um Fantastic game by the 25 athlete. Uh, but I want to give credit to this Trinity Valley team. Gavin Parker's honestly, I guess I know he didn't get the win, but he is that what he I mean, he probably outdueled Vaughn McKeever in this one with having 297 and four touchdowns and also running the ball a lot. I mean, that's a fantastic stat line by the 25 quarterback. And you know, we've talked about him a lot and we've praised him a lot, but he's the real deal in that 25 elite 25 private school quarterback class. And um, you know, I haven't talked about Jacob Mainlord a lot. And he's from my area, and I need to. That 25 athlete is a real deal. He's a great player on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, there he's just gonna be another weapon for them to have. Six foot two hundred. Um, I mean, he's and he he just looks the part too, and that's as like a true linebacker, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, Carly as well, a great 24 athlete who's been there and done a productive last year and this year too. They have some guys, and like we just said in the last matchup. It's hard to beat a team twice, and it they tied it close at twenty one, and then John Cooper pulled away. You don't know if that will be the what happens again in the state championships on November fifth. Completely agree, Ryan Schroeder. Quickly, your thoughts on John Cooper getting a big win over Trinity Valley? Yeah, I'll, I'll name two things right here. First off, this Trinity Valley team is young. All these guys have another year on them, if not two. When it comes to Gavin Par uh, Parkhurst, Jacob Mainlord, and Carlier. Uh, they all have uh, more years to play. And then also talking about the 2025 quarterback class, tack on 
Gavin Parkhurst is another one on that list out of all the guys. We need to make a list now of that 2025 quarterback class. It is by far the best in private school than that has probably come in a long time. And it's only going to get better these next coming years. Um, Vaughn McKeever, when we talked about exactly what you said, uh, um, Walker, I 100% agree with you. Gavin Parkhurst outperformed Vaughn McKeever, but I would love to see this matchup go down in a couple of years and you're seeing a senior Gavin Parker and a senior Jacob Maynard uh, go up against, you know, Dean Calhoun. What's going to happen then? You know, that's something to look down the line to. And yeah, we'll see this matchup in the again in the, in the States, but uh, look out for the Trinity Valley team, man. They're going to be something good in a couple of years. Yeah, that's actually all we're going to talk about regarding Trinity Valley and John Cooper. Big win for the Dragons in a tight spot. Moving on to the last game we're going to cover, Central Texas Christian at Shiner St. Paul. Shiner, it's a big win, 37-10. to 10. I do remember that Walker picked Central Texas in the spot. I mean, it, it's tough. They were both good teams. Shiner was just the better team tonight. We don't have stats on China, but as for Central Texas, Reagan Ragsdale, the fantastic senior running back for them, had 23 carries, 148 yards, and a touchdown, 197 yards total, and also 11 total tackles, two of them being solo. Both of the Allercamp brothers had good games. Cooper Smith had a pretty good game at quarterback, but, you know, Shiner ultimately was victorious. Walker, I mean, Shiner has has come back nicely and seems to be doing well in district play. Your thoughts on the Cardinals getting a big win here? Yeah, you know, Jacobs, Waxsmith, uh, Nate Bodeker, and uh, what is the what is the big man up front? Uh, Elliot Peter? No, did yeah, he, Elliot, Elliot Peters. Peters. Yeah, so the, they have a couple guys still. You know, Waxsmith is still the coach over there, and he knows how to coach a Division Four team, like we all know. And uh, with his son at the helm for one last year, one more year, I believe he's a twenty-three or twenty-four. Um, they they have they're in the right direction. They you know it's just not the team of last year, but you can't never count them out in the South. Definitely. So Ryan Schroeder, St. Paul is now two and zero in district moving into a game with new Braunfels Christian, your thoughts on a big win here. I, I don't fault Walker at all things central Texas in this game, six and one coming into this game. You know, you play a hard, China St. Paul team, a team that is known for winning state championships and a team that just knows how to win. Um, you know, I was back and forth on this game myself. I did pick Shiner to win this one and they did win by 27, but yeah, going into this game, it was kind of a toss up and I think Shiner just came out there and kind of showed what was happening, but yeah, central Texas, they still got some guys on that team. Uh, yeah. Shout out, uh, Reagan rags ragsdale. That's a, that's a great, uh, a great lineup of 148 yards and a touchdown. Uh, with uh, you know, 197 yards total. Uh, that's a great day for Reagan, you know. And it, with your team only putting up 10 points and you having that stat line, that's very impressive. Definitely so. But congratulations to Shiner St. Paul, big win against Central Texas Christian, and that will actually bring to a close all the games we're recapping from last week. Welcome back to the Texas Private School Podcast. Well, I guess not welcome back for y'all because we're just going to cut right into this. But welcome back for us. It's a new day. And you'll notice there's a new face as I'm joined today by a TAPS referee, a very nice looking cheerleader. And it looks like that is the leading rebounder in the state of Texas for for 2000, the 2018 season, Matthew Liskey. Um, how, how are you? How does it feel to be on the Texas Private School Podcast? East Texas analyst, Matthew Liskey. Feels great. I'm glad I've got the opportunity for y'all to help me go and see some games. It's been really fun. Good watching some private school football games. So, Matthew, you know I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you graduated from and your connection personally to private school. 
So I went to East Texas Christian Academy, which is a small, small 1A private school that has shut down uh, a couple years ago. It shut down a couple years ago. And my connection to private school football specifically is our junior year, right? Yeah, our junior year, we started a football program, six-man football program. No one on the team before, no one on the team had even played before. And to say the least, it was bad. It was just a bunch of kids trying to play football. It wasn't great. Play calling wasn't good. The coach wasn't good. The field was horrendous. Y'all the pictures. I got some for the first game. It looks like a World War One battlefield with a number of dips and trenches in it. Um, you know, first game, the, the uh, scoreboard wasn't even ready. A backhoe was, like, holding up the scoreboard with the bucket on it to keep it up. You know, it, it was just – it was something. You had to be there. You had to be there to see it. But, yeah, that's where I first really got introduced to private school. Uh, football is that and so moving on we're actually before we talk about anything else we're going to discuss the texas private school podcast i think this is our our week 10 rankings so as always we are going to go through division by division until we get to the overall rankings they will be on the screen now so here is our top 10 in division one our top 10 in division two our top 10 for taps d3 and d4 our SPC top 10, and then our top 10 overall rankings. So, guys, uh, there was a lot of shakeup, especially in the SPC. You know, St. John's and also McKinney Christian in D2 made our lives a little bit difficult. The rankings meeting was uh, was a little bit longer than it should have been. But, Walker Lott, um, a lot of shakeup. Your thoughts on the rankings as they stand. Yeah, D1 stays the same. The top five all won, and then all six through ten all lose besides TCA with Dubai. Uh, so that stays the same. D2, the massive uh, loss of Midland – or sorry, the massive loss of Fort Worth Christian to Midland moves them uh, down to six, and Midland moves up to four. Uh, and Brownsville St. Joseph cracks the top ten for them. Congratulations to the guys down there in Brownsville. Uh D3 and D4 makes sense. Uh, Weatherford Christian moves down after a loss to Temple Christian. They move into the top 10. Uh, ESD with their second loss of the season moves down to five. Everyone moves up and puts John Cooper school, the only 3A school, at uh, not the only 3A school, but the top 3A school at the number two best uh, SBC school. And then overall, uh, Fourth Christian ESD move out of the top 10, which were big, which we never saw coming. Midland and San Antonio Prep move into the top 10 at 9 and 10. Ryan Schroeder, very quickly, your thoughts on the fluctuation in this week's rankings. Yeah, shout out Brownsville St. Joseph, man. They keep winning games 6-2. and two. What a great season for Brownsville St. Joseph. They've had some actually some close games, some really good wins. I'm pretty sure that's a team that only lost the Regents by 10. Um, so, honestly, they've been having a really, really good season. I'll keep it short and sweet. D4 teams, things are shaking up every now and then. But, yeah, we see you, Central Texas, Weatherford Christian. You know, Temple Christian got that win this past weekend. That's a big jump for them. They're 7-1 and one if anybody didn't know. Um, and, yeah, let's talk about it. John Cooper School, 8-1 and one this year. Um, only loss coming to, I think, Williams Christian first game of the year. Am I, am I right? Um, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So, you know, honestly, it was a 10-7 to seven loss first game of the year. And now they've basically won out. Um, and yeah, we see Houston St. John's win and it's looking like ESD's on the downhill and St. John's can cater all on the uphill trying to fight for that spot to play Bel Air. Uh, and yeah, and then the overall rankings kind of just makes sense how things are going. But let it be known, man. Look at John Cooper School. 
And what a, a, a SPC 3A team, and they're cracking the top 10, and not only the top 10, but the eighth spot uh, in overall, uh, you know, private school. So great, great by them. Definitely so. And Matthew, uh, we've talked a lot this season about Weatherford Christian. They just fell out of our top 10 for D3, D4. But I think you know why I'm mentioning Weatherford Christian. I think that you are familiar with Weatherford Christian as ETCA played them. What are your memories of ETCA playing Weatherford Christian back in 2018? I can't remember the kid's name. They had a, no, I, for the life of me, can't come up with his name. They had a kid. He was amazing. He was a quarterback, running back combo through for like you know over a thousand yards and six man to rush for like 2400 and 10 six man games which if you don't know a six man field is only 80 yards so you take that he rushed for 2400 yards on an 80 yard field he was ridiculous he was leaps and bounds ahead of anybody else on that field anybody else on their team they basically just gave him the ball he made everyone miss just on his own that was crazy to me hearing that Weatherford moving up to 11 man and then dominating 11 man, just because I remember they were on ETCA, well, not ETCA level, but ETCA division level all mm-hmm. those years ago. But that actually, with that little antidote, will conclude our rankings discussion. And now we move into a new weekly segment. Does Dallas Christian cover the spread? This week <laughs> at McKinney Christian Academy, Dallas Christian is 41 and a half point favorites. So, um, just for some context, DC is averaging a 45 point margin of victory so far. So between Dallas Covenant and Brook Hill, they beat Covenant by 50, Brook Hill by 40. So simple math, 45 points per game, average margin of victory. Does DC cover a 41 and a half point spread against McKinney Christian? Walker Lott, your pick. Yes. Ryan Schroeder. Ah, uh, 41 and a half seems like a lot of dang points. Um, this is also McKinney Christian Academy. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to go. They cover. That seemed disrespectful. Right. Or uh, Matthew Liskey. I know you're new to the you're new to the hot seat, but you think you think D.C. covers a 41 and a half point spread against the Mustangs? I'm going to go with yes. I was looking at some stats from McKinney Christian and the passing games not look too hot. So I'm going to go D.C. covers. You know, maybe if they had Blake McGraw, it would be different, but those the, those times have changed. I'm also going to take D.C. to cover a 41.5-point spread against McKinney. I think they win by by 51 or 52. You see, if they had Zeke Long just to score yeah, points, yeah, it would be yeah. a different yeah. ball game. I agree. But they do not. And now, since I see it on the sheet... We're adding another, we're adding basically the Division One Dallas Christian, Parish Episcopal. I think that's the first time anyone has called Parish anything of that nature. But we're going to now ask, does Parish cover the spread? Because it's not even worth picking Parish games in district because they're going to weed whack everyone. Parish is a 28 and a half point favorite at Trinity Christian Addison this Friday. Walker Lott, 28 and a half point. Do you think Parish covers that? I don't think Sawyer Anderson has, like, played in more than three quarters of a game in district so far. I would have to see that correctly, but I believe they will absolutely cover the spread. Okay. Um, For some context, I think I can't do the math in my head, but it seems that uh, DC, yeah, DC is, or not DC, Parrish is averaging a 43-point margin of victory in district. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts, does Parrish Episcopal cover? Yeah, you can you can round me up for uh, Parish covering here. I, I think they can get it done by over thirty at this point. TC Addison, uh, I think, just doesn't pose a threat to Parish. I mean, this is Parish Episcopal, y'all. We have to we have to understand the reason why they're we're doing a cover uh, <laughs> cover for them while we're even talking about this. So yeah, it's Parish Parish by thirty. 
one of the better ideas I've ever had. Matthew Liskey, <laughs> Parish Episcopal is a 28 and a half point favorite at Trinity Christian Addison. Your thoughts and your pick. Uh, I agree. First two district games for Parish. Uh, looking right here, last two games won 40, put 42 points both times. Defense only allowed seven. I'm going with Parish. Cover. Fair enough. So for the second straight week, all of us have picked the dominant teams to cover. And I think, honestly, that trend isn't going to continue until we are proven wrong. But moving on, we actually have a very fun segment for the last part of our other news. We're going to we actually asked on Twitter. We asked for Ryan's going to get his his pep on. There we go. We asked for the best student sections in taps because I remember I think me and Walker came up with this whenever we were at the St. Thomas versus. Uh, St. John's game and we looked at St. Thomas's student section we're like these dudes are nuts and Walker obviously covers public school football a lot so Walker was like I think private school might have better student sections than public schools we started thinking about it and we're like yeah that might be right so we actually got we asked on Twitter and Instagram who the best student sections were in private schools and we got a ton of engagement I'm very excited to go through all of them so I'm just going to read off the teams are the student sections that we got data for. And we're just going to have a very quick discussion of who we think the top four are. And the top four between all of us are going to move on into a Twitter and Instagram poll. And we're going to see who wins that. So we got submissions from Austin Regents, Midland Christian, Central Catholic, Bel Air Episcopal, Houston St. Thomas, TCS Lubbock, Fort Worth Christian, Liberty Christian, Kincaid, Bishop Lynch, St. Mark's, Dallas Christian and Legacy Prep Magnolia. Guys, I don't, it's going to be really hard for me to pick a top four from this list. Uh, Walker, what are your initial thoughts? Um, you see, I think you got to think about categories, right? We got to think about size, right? Like you, if they, if it's bigger, you know, the bigger schools are going to have better student sections, but like you got to think about it size versus school, but having the enough people in the crowd makes it an elite. I think it also how well it travels. You know, if you can have a home field advantage, even away is even a, is very, very helpful. And I think also just being original, having cool ideas and having themes, all that jazz. So I think there's a lot to play into this. Um, in my, in my time, I think uh, just going through, I know uh, regents regents comes on to the socials very, very passive uh, passionately. Um, and they showed why with all of their videos and stuff that, uh, I might play on here. I don't know. I might be doing this at 11 PM right now, editing this. And I don't know if I want to edit all of that, but Regents has a lot of passion. Central Catholic, I think is, I mean, in my personal experience, I think Central Catholic is number one. I don't think anyone beats down there in section R, uh, down there in central. And I remember them when they played all saints in this, uh, playoffs last year, they had a good amount of people that traveled. And I know like. They have like four people that lead it too that like are kind of like their yell leaders. They're really, really sick. Uh they have a really good student section. And you know, it's an all boys school, but they still have, I'm guessing, like their sister school come over and support. Like that crowd gets really, really lit. EHS as the gong squad. You know, they have the four people that have the gong, and that's just it's a gong. That's just a this is awesome. Um, and I know uh St. Mark's has the super fan men, and that's just so much fun to have. I know they're legendary in the game. Uh and you know, I don't, the only other one that I really know well about is Fourth Christian. They always really travel well. And then Midland. Um, no one ever wanted to go up to Midland and play because one, it's the drive, and then two, it they it's one of the toughest places to play probably in all the taps. Um, they're rowdy, especially in basketball too. 
but they their student section is uh fun. I will give them that. That is very fun from what I remember playing at Midland. Definitely so. Okay, so we gotta we gotta pick four, and I think, and I'm just gonna read through it and let get y'all thoughts really quickly. I think Regents and Central Catholic are locks. Do I have any pushback from from any of y'all on that? Uh, what was it? We gotta need to I hear it again. Regents and Central Catholic are locks. We're picking the top four. Yeah, I can agree with that. Okay, so Regents and Central are locks. Is EHS a lock? Um, I okay. Going to watch St. Thomas, I think St. Thomas had a better student section though. Bet okay, yeah. I, I yeah, mean, I think, do you remember that? Yeah. That was like their student section was from top to bottom of a good size thing, and they had like cannons, and they had the four guys with the cowboy hats with like the overalls oh, all elite. wearing it. That was elite. Like that's a really good student section. Okay, uh, so what I'll say, I I think for the fourth spot, it's between. Uh, it's between Midland, EHS, and Liberty. I do think it's Midland, EHS, and Liberty. I think I haven't seen enough on Fort Worth Christian to know. What about Ryan? What do you think about Fort Worth Christian? Okay, I like Fort Worth Christian. They traveled well. They went all. They all went to Grapevine, and then uh, they were really hype at their own place as well. Also, uh, when we played them back in, in basketball back in the day, uh, it was kind of rowdy the entire time, and I actually hated like playing. Like, I hated being there. Uh, so I have four with Christian. I want to, I want to put in a pick though. I want to put St. Mark's. Um, I, I think St. Mark's, they have a whole, they have a whole Twitter account. I mean, a lot of these guys have like Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts, but super fan men. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, we've done, we've known about them for like ever at this point. I mean, super fan men has been a thing for a long time. I am scrolling currently on TXPS basketball, which is a affiliated account with, um, our podcast. And I'm trying to find, if I have some stuff on here of when I was go cover St. Mark's, uh, it, it was insane. I, it was, they were literally the hypest student section I've ever been around for basketball wise. Um, and I, that they have my vote for sure when it comes to, uh, you know, St. Mark's and whether, whether, whether they have a top student section for football and basketball. Okay, I, so I have an idea. I have an idea. So mm. we take, we take, we we have a we have basically a playoff poll to get the fourth spot between Midland EHS. Liberty, well, why don't we and are, why don't we just do two polls like with four and four, and I, we do our top eight, and then the winner wins it all next week. We do the- yeah yeah I'm fine with that. We'll do top eight. Okay, so after some quick deliberation, we have decided that the top we're going to make a poll of the top eight student sections, and you the viewers are going to vote on Twitter to see who is the best. The top eight will be Regents Midland Christian. Central Catholic, Episcopal out of Bel Air, St. Thomas, Fort Worth Christian, Liberty Christian Argyle, and Dallas St. Mark's. So those top eight will be on Twitter here in the next week or so, and y'all will get to vote on who is the best. So that actually is going to wrap up all of our other news section. And now we get into the part of the episode that everyone's waiting for, the games of the week. Matthew, you ready to be a to be a guest picker and display some of your knowledge here? Oh, yeah. I feel like a great you know, when I'm college game day, people don't got a clue what's going on, but I can pick some games. Well, oh, so, okay, but so before we go so. into it, but before we go into it, Matthew, did you, did you over your time have any experiences with some really good student sections? Like to add on to that? I'm not going to go with student sections, no, but two people in particular, yes. <laughs> so our senior night in basketball, it was Steven, uh, one of our friends from school, ETCA, and West were over there. It was our senior night, and we were playing. I think it was Regents out of Nacogdoches. And they were sitting like 
they pulled up two basically like folding chairs or like no living room chairs like three inches from the court in the corner of the three-point line on the left-hand side. There's one poor kid. Every time Regents was on that end, he'd go in the corner. His only job was to stand there and shoot threes. I guess he was their sharpshooter. Every time he got in the corner, Wes and Steve would stand up, get like two inches from behind him and go, don't blow it, kid. It's your only chance. They're all counting on you. And they'd get right up there. And I think the entire game, that team from the corner shot maybe like 0 for 15 on three on that corner only. Now, on the other end, the kid would make it just fine. But on that end, they, he could not make a shot. They were in his head the entire night. Okay, so I've got to add a little bit more to this because this is one of my favorite <laughs> stories of all time. So um, <laughs> basically, me and me and this kid, Steven Johnson, we were causing havoc uh, that entire night. There wasn't a student uh, section. The two of us were the student <laughs> section. So basically, I think I we, we were like yelling at the kids on the court. And at some point, one of the kids yelled back at us. And I got up and I yelled at him, talk to me when you got out of TAPS 1A. And that <laughs> that that kind of stopped the whole game. People didn't like that very much. But then fast forward like two months later, the coach of of Regents Nacogdoches tried to complain <laughs> to the TAPS athletic board that the ETCA student section was too rowdy and needed to be sanctioned. And the ETCA head basketball coach said, number one, it was two people and one of them doesn't even go to the school. <laughs> so that's the story of me putting a kid from Regents Nacogdoches in a mental blender. Anyways, moving on into our games of the week. The first one we're going to cover, Fort Worth All Saints at Argyle Liberty. Fort Worth All Saints is three and four and one and one in district. Argyle Liberty is eight and one and two and zero oh in district. The line is Liberty favored by six and a half. Listen, if you would have have if you would have asked me to pick this game in the preseason, I would have taken All Saints by twenty. But that's not how the seasons transpired. However, after riding off All Saints following that bad loss to now one and seven Nolan Catholic, they have a two point loss to Midland Christian and district, as well as a big thirty seven to twenty one win over Walker's Southwest Christian Eagles last week. Sorry, buddy. Liberty has gone undefeated through their first two district contests and looked very strong behind quarterback Jacob Vaughn, who is an absolute weapon for that warrior squad in this spot. I got to take Witten's warriors with Argyle Liberty. I do think that they're going to beat all saints here. I don't think, I think six and a half is an appropriate spread. They're both very talented teams, but I have to go with Argyle Liberty in this spot. Walker lot, your thoughts. I'll go Liberty. I mean, I think they've been fantastic for a reason. Uh, they're the top of division uh, two in our rankings for a reason. Uh, I think they just, they're so hot over these past couple of weeks and they're just going to stay hot going into the last week of the season. I love it. Ryan Schroeder. Yeah, I have Liberty here. I mean, I ha- I have to pick them at this point. They look one of the best teams in both D1 and D2. Um, you 8-1 on the season, 2-0 and in district. You can't really tell me that this team hasn't looked special. Um, with the, the guy like your quarterback being Jacob Vaughn and your main wide receiver being Brady Janicek uh, or tight end or whatever they have him play. And the, the, the kid's huge, but he's catching he's catching balls. out. He's jumping out of the gym, so it's like, you know – or I guess there's no gym, but jumping off the field at this point to the moon. And so he has, he has all the qualities for a great receiver. Um, and I just think, I think Liberty gets it here. Matthew Liskey, your first pick on the Texas private school podcast. Who are you taking between all saints and Liberty Christian? I'm going to take Liberty Christian. Like I said, uh, good team, eight and one overall. Um, got a solid win last week against Southwest Christian school. It looked like so. I think they carry over momentum and they 
beat Fort Worth. Matthew, I don't know if you're familiar with the phenomena that every time that we pick, we all four or all three pick a team, the other team ends up winning. It's it's the, it's the college game day curse, basically, which I know you're familiar mm-hmm. with. So yeah, yeah. this inevitably means oh, that yeah. all teams are going to win in this spot, and we're going to get mean to death on Twitter. Moving on into the next mm-hmm. game, and quite frankly, the best game this week, in my personal opinion, Dallas Bishop Dunn at Grace Community School played at Clyde Perkins Stadium in the Rose Capital of the World. Dunn is 6-2, and 2-0 in district. Grace Community is 7-1, and 1-1 in district. Matthew Liskey will actually be at this game this week and will give us his analysis here in a second. Bishop Dunn is a five and a half point favorite and the second spot in district two is up for grab Friday at Clyde Perkins as Bishop Dunn will travel to yet again, the Rose capital of the world in an attempt to tame the Cougars of race community. There is talent all over the field in this one. Dunn fields, Jeremiah Horn, Juan Million Aguilar, Shandon King, among others. They are very adamant on about their elite pass defense on Twitter. And that claim will be tested by JT Williams, Reed Alexander, Grant Turner, and Nick Stewart. Liskey, I know you've done some research search into this game and you're very excited to cover it what do you know and what do you have to to bring context into this contest that'll take place on friday yeah i got a couple of things here so first off bishop dunn not really an aired out team at all there have they have only 953 passing yards the entire season through eight games which if you know high school football or at all that's not a lot through eight games but the key is here is like you said horn and king a combined about a 260 carries for 2,200 yards and 26 touchdowns on the ground. Just a devastating quarterback running back duo on the ground game. And I'm sure Wes can attest, you know, in the past, Grace has had problems stopping the run against teams that can run the ball. So uh, Grace defense is going to have to do a good job containing them because they can contain them and force Dunn to pass. You know, they have a chance to stick around in the game and make it very competitive. Well, and on I'm the other end, like you said, going. oh no! So like on the other end, like you were saying, um, Grace offensively got a good receiver in Reed Alexander, their number one target, and it really I think comes down to Grace establishing the run. <clears throat> excuse me, with the running back Jamarion Johnson. You know, the game I went to go see, he had about 150 yards and four touchdowns against Spring Hill, which if they can establish the run and get their quarterback some confidence, you know. Underclassmen need some confidence, especially against, you know, as you said, Dunn calls themselves the best secondary, you know, in the in the district. So it's going to be tough, you know. Underclassmen quarterback, they can get him rattled quick and they can throw a couple bad passes, you know. Could be a runaway, but if both teams can establish the run, I think they've got a good game on our hands. Well, Lusky, I will say you've seen this Grace defense this year, and you've also seen the Grace defense in 2018. Do you think that this year's defense is – poised to stop the run more efficiently than grace in years past from the games i've seen i'd say slightly i mean against spring hill spring hill to run kind of a run first team too and they did a good job containing them mostly besides letting a couple breakaways happen but i'd say they're probably about on the same level i mean you know it's tough to stop the run eventually because you just gotta because you just gotta keep on you know, clogging the holes and really hustling to stop the run. And it just gets tough after a while. So I think they have a good chance of slowing them down. But like I said, as you've clearly seen, no one's been able to find out a way to stop either of these running backs. Excuse me, either of these players, the quarterback or the running back, averaging 150 yards a game on the ground. So, All right, Lusky, time has come. I'm going to need a pick for the, for this game from you. Mm. 
Well, I know you have a biased opinion on the game, obviously. So, oh. <laughs> um, gee, I'm gonna have to go. Uh, it's gonna pain West. It, I'm gonna go with Dunn here. That running attack, it is something else. I was watching some highlights. It is lightning, lightning, lightning in a bottle. You know, they're so fast. They're so elusive. Like I said, they can just establish the ground. They can just keep the clock going, keep Grace's offense off the field. I think Dunn's got a good job, good chance winning this game. Yeah, no, you're right. Smart pick, smart pick. Walker Lott, your thoughts? Uh, you know, you know, I've only met Matthew for so, you know, such a short time, but I can tell he's a wise man. And for that reason, I'm going to ride with him. I'm going to go uh, Bishop Dunn in this one. On October 16th, the Falcon Bishop Dunn's recruiting page said that they were number one in Texas in interceptions and number two nationally, according to Max Preps, I believe. That's all I need to know. I mean, you have Reed Alexander, you have Nick Stewart out there, you have JT Williams, but this past past defense for uh, Bishop Dunn is so good. And then having Gary Cook in the middle, mm, I mean, that's that Paul Geary as well. I'm going to take that defense of Bishop Dunn, give him Bishop Dunn here. Again, smart pick. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going I'm to tell you how it is right now. It's Bishop, Tyler Grace might be 7-1 and one with their only loss coming to a great fine faith. But Bishop Dunn is coming for that second spot in district. They're, they, you know, I have them losing next week to, to faith. But in this game against Grace, they're going to solidify the second, the, um, the second spot in district. And, you know, I think Grace is going to fall to that third spot in district. And that's how it's going to end up. I, I'm pretty sure anyone could have told you that from the start of the season, how it's going to end up. But, uh, yeah, I have, I have Bishop Dunn winning this game and solidifying the second spot in district. Can I be honest with y'all for a second? Hey, what's up, man? Talk to me. B- Bishop yeah. Dunn's favored for a reason. You know, they're a talented team, and they read far better than Grace does on paper. Mm. I've already shown that I'm willing to put my pride aside and pick against the <laughs> alma mater that I hold so dearly. Before that, let me take y'all back to Friday, October 26, 2018. Grace Community versus TK Gorman. Gorman is the favorite in every single metric projection and paper you can find, as they were every single year they played Grace. The reviews read, and I quote, I think the Crusaders score too many here to be caught this week, though. TK Gorman wins 42 to 30. Matthew, if you don't mind me asking, how did that game turn out with Grace Community versus Gorman in 2018? I'm trying to remember. Was that the, was that the Chase Crumpton game? It was the Chase Crumpton game. Um, y'all won, didn't you? Grace wins 30 to 28. Grace thrives as the underdog. Grace is going to shock the world on Friday. Give me Grace community. Give me the points. Give me Reed Alexander. Give me JT Williams. Give me Grant Turner. Give me Jamarion Johnson. Give me the entire Cougars team. Grace community wins. Grace is the second best team in this district and will prove it on Friday. Hot take. No, lukewarm no. at best. Grace is never. <laughs> oh, <underdog>. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Moving forward, 
Next game, Fort Worth Christian, who is five and two against Southwest Christian, who is four and four. Both teams are 0 and two in district. Southwest Christian is a one and a half point favorite. Fort Worth Christian looked to be a title contender until they hit district and dropped the first two to Liberty and then Midland. However, I think people are jumping ship on the Cardinals too soon as they have faced the two top teams in that district and arguably the division with the exception of Austin Regents. Hogan Nelson, Jacob Trimble, and Luke Anderson are still elite athletes, and I think they prove it again here against Southwest Christian. I want the Cardinals, and I want 10 points. I'm not very impressed with Southwest on the season. That win against Hallettsville was big, but I think they're fraudulent. Give me Fort Worth Christian. Walker Lott, your thoughts? Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know. That's wild. That's a wild accusation. <laughs> that, that, is, that was actually nuts. You sh- I shouldn't have picked this coming off the heels of the Grace game. I'm fired up. <laughs> you know, there's a reason that Southwest Christian made back-to-back semifinals. <laughs> that none of y'all can say besides that team. You that cannot te- either. I can't either, but those guys can. And the coaching staff knows what they're doing. They're three and zero right now against Fort Worth Christian and wins thirty six to seven last year, fourteen to eight, and thirty five to twenty eight. You know the whole saying that we said earlier in the episode: you can't beat it's the same team twice in one year. They did that two years ago. That's what they do. And I'm going to pick them again this year. Fort Worth Christian doesn't. They after that loss to Midland, they might be a little rattled. Southwest Christian played. Argyle Liberty pretty dang close than what most people probably expected. They're switching up with some things. They're, you know, they're trying to adapt because they're not a one-trick pony. They're not going to just run the ball with Antoine. They have too many weapons. Tanner Zeman. They have Maddox McCarroll running the ball, throwing the ball if you want. You have Hayden Bryan. You have Graham Holster. You have on the defensive side, you have Xavier Robinson. You have Ben Briscoe, Joe Griesbright. You have Christian Wells, the dual threat, do it all, do what he needs to do. They have John Talpa, the big man with Mayor Dorman Pardue on the opposite side. J.R. Stiegel, the big man in the middle, the 26 monster, DJ Bisley. Also, you know, they have, uh, like I said, Blaine Blakely, Joe Griesby, Caden Dees, Ben Briscoe, Wilson Jones, and they have another 6'6 offensive lineman that they have on the other side. They have elite talent, and this year, you know, that fourth spot is massive in district. That is key to see who's going to go to playoffs. And this is the game that probably decides who's going to go to playoffs this year. And I'm going to ride with my Eagles. They know how to beat Fort Worth Christian. Those guys have it in their mentality to beat Fort Worth Christian, and they're going to do it this time around. Interesting. Ryan Schroeder. Yeah. Uh, man, I would I would love to, love to tell you all – what I think about this game because I've seen forward Christian play twice now and I've seen what they can do. I've seen them play DC. I've seen them play faith. I know the forward Christian team is good. A 10 point loss to Liberty. You know, that's, that's that Liberty team. That is the best by far. You go to Midland last week, you drive to Midland and play that game in Midland and you lose by a lot. All right. Uh, I, I, it's understandable in my opinion. I think that's understandable. That's, that's a hard place to play. Now, this is Southwest Christian for Fourth Christian. This Fourth Christian team has everything, everything under their belt in order to win this game. 
They have an offense that consists of Chase Cross, Jacob Tremble, Jordan Green. Uh, you know, anybody out there that you'd want. Luke Anderson at the running back position. They have everything you could want on an offense. Uh, a defensive side, how about you go put Luke Anderson back on the defensive side of the ball? And then how about you have, you know, basically the, now Jordan Green and, and Jacob Tremble playing corner slash safety. And then you have Jacob Tremble returning your punts and your kickoffs on, on special teams. This team is so good at like fixing the need spots where they need to be. South Coast Christian though has guys that I have I've I've seen you know transform into better players. Christian Wells is a guy that we've seen transform over the years, right? However, I'm not sold on South Coast Christian. I am sold on this fourth Christian team, and I have been ever since I saw them beat DC. It's a home matchup, fourth Christian, the rivalry of Fort Worth. Give me fourth Christian. Now this so is now. This is a big rivalry. This is gonna be, this is gonna be lit. This is gonna be a good one. It's gonna be very heated. So now we get to turn to a completely unbiased stander, Matthew Liskey. Your thoughts on Fort Worth Christian versus Southwest Christian? Who wins the game? I'm gonna go. Like I said very unbiased opinion. Not a lot of knowledge. I'm gonna go Fort Worth Christian. I'm I'm riding riding with West here in Fort Worth Christian. I mean, you just. You know, like you said, five and two started out hot, and they did play Liberty close. And like I said, Midland's a tough game. Drive out to the middle of nowhere and play a game out there. I mean, it's tough, tough game. I know Wes knows knows the feeling. Easy. I got Fort Worth Christian. Well, I mean, you would be smart tailing my picks as I do have the lead and the pick record on the podcast, but I'll leave that gloating for next week whenever I retain said lead. Moving on into the next game, we're going to recap. Lovett Christian at Fort Worth Temple Christian. Both teams are seven and one. Both teams are four and one in their respective district. Actually, they're in the same district. Lovett Christian is a 29 and a half point favorite, which is a wild spread for two teams that are four and one fighting for positioning. I want to be honest here. I can see Lovett Christian almost covering the spread, even if they don't outright cover it. I honestly do think they are far and away the best team in Division Four with back town with backs Townsend at the helm. I think their loss against Weatherford Christian was a fluke, and I think they utterly destroy Temple Christian in this spot. Lovett Christian covers. Walker Lott, your thoughts? I mean, I'm going to agree with you here. I think uh, backs Townsend's the real deal, and then when they lost to Weatherford Christian, they lost to a without backs Townsend, and I think that's a big, big part of that team. Uh, you know, Temple Christian has a great season. They just beat Weatherford Christian are seven and one, and they look like probably one of the better teams in division four. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go love a Christian here, man. That makes sense. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts. A great win against um, Weatherford Christian last week for Forward Temple. I I keep saying it because I wanted to pick them so bad. This is a team that has proven themselves all year. But this is Lubbock Christian and Lubbock Christian. And I, I, I want to say this about this division four. It's nothing on division four, but just the fact that one guy can take over in division four. Like it just is how it is. Ryan Swarzynski has taken over for his team for Sacred Heart. Uh, Bax Townsend takes over for his team at Lubbock Christian. There's a lot of guys that just kind of take over in division four and they and they know how to lead a team. There's other guys on the team that are that are definitely, you know, scoring with them and, and being these big players. But you have to know you have to have a leader. You have to have a guy that's running, running your team with you. Um, and I have to say Bax Townsend is that guy for Lubbock Christian. So I have Lubbock Christian here. Matthew Liskey, the last pick, your thoughts. Um, well, I know Wes loves using the transitive property whenever we come to do comparing teams. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to do that. But if you wanted to, Lubbock Christian beat Riker Catholic 63 zip and Temple beat him 33 13. So, you know, transitive property states, you know, 
Matt, but I'm not going to do that. Just, you know, I know how much Wes hates that. I'm going to have to go with Lubbock Christian. I saw Wes. That's where you went last week, right? Lubbock Christian. I went to Lubbock Trinity, actually. Lubbock Trinity. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. I like the Lubbock Christian schedule. They look solid. They've been blowing teams out that, you know, I've seen. So I'm going to take Lubbock Christian. Don't worry, Matthew. Just get behind me. Tell all my picks. I'll take you to the promised land. We'll go. Yeah, I got, I got a question. That's what I do every week. So it, it is. What, what's has, the question, Matthew? Is this the same? Is this Temple? This is Temple Christian Eagles out of Fort Worth, right? Yeah. It is. Oh God, did y'all play them? We played them in basketball <laughs> my freshman year in a tournament. I, I was like Temple Christian. I was like, this thing sounds so familiar. I know this name from somewhere. Yeah, we play in freshman in basketball with like half our team missing. How'd that go? Well, um, we got, roll up to the tournament and our three best players are missing. So you got freshman Matthew and Josh. The so freshman Josh, how you know he's like five six, a buck forty, right? Freshman Matthew's probably five eight, a buck seventy, soaking wet. I I go up against you know, I go up against. A mammoth. This this guy's a football lineman for ten, Trinity Christian playing center. He's like no joke, six three two fifty. This dude is huge, and I'm a freshman going up against him, and he just he just you know I don't know how many rebounds he had that game. I, yeah. I felt good. I had like twelve, and I thought I was doing good. Before the record, we did hold a lead over them. I got fouled the first possession, made one out of two free throws, up one zero, and I think they went on a thirty five zero run to end the half. So it, it was solid. <laughs> and that and and that is why we have Matthew Whiskey on to get you a look into what happens in the gutter of taps. It is a beautiful, beautiful perspective to have on. But moving There's forward, we're actually gap. oh, absolutely. <laughs> we're actually going to we we, we have now an SBC correspondent named Jack Klosek. I apologize if I butchered your last name. We haven't met yet. But Jack is going to detail the current state of SBC 4A and what the Kincaid-St. John's matchup this coming Friday means for that positioning and the SBC 4A championship. So, Jack, take it away. This Friday night on October 28th, the Kincaid Falcons and St. John's Mavericks will clash in their annual game at Rice University Stadium. The Mavericks will play as the home team and are seeking their first win over Kincaid in a decade. They come in at 7-2 after a huge win over the Episcopal School of Dallas, and with their high-powered offense, they look to knock off Kincaid. Former Kincaid offensive coordinator Kevin Velchers had an incredible job in his tenure at St. John's, turning their program around and giving them their best chance to play for a title in many years. Kincaid, on the other hand, has had a slow start to the season, but they have regained their footing and are coming off two close games versus Episcopal School of Dallas and Episcopal of Bel Air, where they went one and one. Led by head coach Nathan Larned, the Falcons have played great defensively throughout the season and have held opponents such as Episcopal, Little Cypress Mauriceville, Episcopal School of Dallas, and Jasper to 21 points or fewer. Kincaid comes in at 5-4 and four and seeks to return to the SBC title game and rematch with the Episcopal Knights. Kincaid has not missed out on the title game since 2016. This game should be a tight one as each team's season is on the line. We will see if the Falcons will rematch with the Eagles or if St. John's finally climbs the mountain and reaches the title game after a long drought. But for me, I'm a Falcon for life. Ride or die, Falcon pride runs deep. I got Kincaid winning. This has been the SPC Report with Jack Klosek. I look forward to seeing you guys next week. 
Thank you, Jack, for that detailed explanation. And yeah, like Jack said, this game is incredibly important. The winner of this game will go into the SBC 4A championship to play Episcopal Bel Air. So as for the game itself, Kincaid is five and four, two and one in district. St. John's is seven and two and also two and one in district. Kincaid is a seven and a half point favorite. I'm going to be honest again. I'm screwed either way I go here. I've picked both. I've picked against both of these teams way too much, but at least I have to pick one of them in this spot. And in this case, I want Kincaid. Micah Bell is a phenom, and that rushing attack is nothing short of ferocious. Miles Roeder is also a crazy underrated class of 24 who is arguably the best player on this Falcons team. Stephen Gill and Cole Allen are fantastic for St. John's. Don't get me twisted, but... I'm out on them after they were emasculated at the hands of Episcopal Kincaid covers in this game. Walker Lott. You see, luckily I've seen both of these teams. And, you know, the one thing that Episcopal had on St. John's in that game was the defensive line. You know, St. John's doesn't have an offensive defensive line really to compete with Bel Air, right? That's what you saw in that game. But the thing about it is Kincaid really doesn't have the guys on the defensive line to really stop Stephen Gill and Cole Allen. They just don't have the guys with the same weapons as Episcopal did. And for that reason, I want to pick St. John's. I think if they get their offense going, it's hard for anybody to stop. And you saw that with Bell, uh, ESD last week. St. John's, when the offense can go, it goes and it it just goes to the moon, man. And um, Cole Allen's a D1 recruit. And I and it's hard picking against Micah Bell because Micah Bell is that dude. And I love Miles Roeder as well. But I just I think I think St. John's got this one. And I think it's gonna be, I believe, I believe if uh Jack might say it in that his thing, I think it's the first time that St. John's has been to the state championship in like 10 years. So it's it's a long time coming. And with St. Gill and Cole at the helm with Brown commit. Uh, Pierce Celebrate at the tight end position, uh, Dax Garza. I think they get it done here. Very interesting. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on the contest? I've seen Kincaid play, never seen St. John's play. I'll tell you that straight up. And I'll tell you right now that I would love for some change up, man. Well, I, I ESD's out of it now. And uh, they were in the, in the state championship last year. Kincaid was in the state championship last year. But I would love an EHS for St. John's matchup. I would love it. And so, I think you could tell me that this team has won. This team has won at games against tough teams. The St. John's team. They have beaten Fort Bend in a tough match. They they blew out Second Baptist, blew out Lutheran South by even more. Uh, you know they had a tough battle against Episcopal. Um, and you know as they've gotten later in the season, beat a ESD team that I am very high on, but now has lost a couple games and you know are out of it. Beat him by 14, all right, on the on the road. He, they traveled up to Dallas and beat him by 14, all right? I think I can look you dead in the eyes and tell you this. St. John's is them dogs, and they are coming out for Micah Bell's head. So I just want to say that St. John's, I hope you have my back because Micah Bell is one tough dude, and St. John's going to run them, man. They're going to run them. Ooh, I uh, I dropped my microphone uh, at that statement. Um, that is bold, Matthew Liskey. Save us. Um, who do you have in the game? St. John's versus Kincaid. This is one of the biggest games that we've ever previewed with the most on the line. Your thoughts? Oh, brother. Um, a lot of pressure <laughs> on me, I guess. 
And feel free, anybody that watches, you can roast me afterwards and say I don't know anything. Call me casual or whatnot. I'm going to go with Kincaid. Um, I was looking stats. I'm Michael Bell kid, you were saying, great. Great runner of the football, looks like it. Averaging a lot of yards. Got a lot of touchdowns. Kincaid, again, not a pass-heavy offense. Very hand the ball to one guy, let him do something. But if it broke, don't fix it. So You're not Seems wrong. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually very surprised that both of y'all went St. John's. I thought there was going to be a chance we were all on Kincaid, but that's very, very interesting that we're, we are split between the two teams. But, I mean, like Jack already detailed, like we just said, this is one of the most important games that we've ever covered on this podcast. It's huge, and I don't think I've said it yet, but I'm going to be there live Friday covering it, and I'm incredibly excited to see what happens. And good lord, if if St. John's wins, I'm gonna get or I'm gonna get a lot of flack on the sidelines because I've already gotten some leading up to the game. But actually, that rounds out all of the information we have to cover for this episode. So, Walker Lot, you first. Uh, your thoughts on the upcoming week in private school football and what's at stake? Um, it's a lot. I mean, we literally have championship implications on this this week. Um. Uh, playoff implications on this week. Um, this is a big, big week of private school football. These five games are going to be really, really fun to watch. I'm excited to watch them. Uh, and also, yes, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, do the poll. We might do it on IG. We might do it on Twitter. We're going to figure it out. Uh, but yeah, look out for the polls for the student sections, and we'll talk about it more next week. Um, but yeah, also, thank you, Matthew, for coming on, man. You're a great guest. Definitely so. Ryan Schroeder, you want to do a little little dance for us before we get out of here? No, you won't get a dance out of me. This is already enough. And uh, <laughs> shout out Legacy for making me wear this. Um, and only thing I have to say now is now that we're talking about this SPC game, I just got to say, change the SPC playoff rules, man. I'm going to keep saying it until it's dead, man. I, I, I would love to see a Final Four this year between St. John's, ESD, Kincaid, and EHS. Let's change the rules. Let's make it uh, a, what's it called, a four Final Four. I would love that instead, so. Sorry, but this is a huge game this weekend. Would love to see a Final Four. Definitely so. Matthew Liskey, uh, thanks for coming on. You have any closing thoughts about private schools, uh, East Texas Christian Academy, uh, the the two-man wrecking crew of 2019? No, uh, I can have plenty. I mean, I don't know what you want. I can give you about anything, but I don't think, you know, now is probably a good time for that. That's later, for a later time. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on really good even though i don't know a whole lot except for you know the dunn grace thing and one final note on that dunn grace game that y'all said it is going to decide who's probably going to be second in district and i forgot to mention this is grace's homecoming so they're going to be fired up ready to play so could be a chance mr Grim reaper over there could be right definitely so hey listen don't worry about not knowing anything according to a bunch of bot accounts on twitter we don't know anything either so that's just that's just the way things go but as always, I have been one-third of your hosting crew, the Grim Reaper. I have been joined by an East Texas Christian Academy legend, a TAPS referee, and also a very pretty-looking cheerleader. We will see you in the next episode. See you later.